Hello and welcome to the episode of Octal FM Soundbite. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And we are digging the bottom of the barrel today, if I'm perfectly honest with you. Oh, for goodness. Um, you don't give it away. No, we're going to give it away. We we didn't have a great deal to talk about because we're kind of between things right now. Like, we've mm-hmm. talked about a lot of the stuff that we're looking forward to coming up in 2022 and the stuff we've done sort of over the holiday period. But we've not really had time to do much else otherwise. So, like, we were thinking we could talk about this and that, but we're not doing this. Or we've talked about that already, etc. So, we decided that we we're going to try, like make a little mini editorial piece on our both experience experiences and our opinions on the hobbyist shops and by that i mean mm. things like we recently both visited arcades like kind of like arcade mm. setups which are obviously you know a very niche thing and they don't exist in the wild like they used to sort of thing it's very much a hobbyist choice now at least in the things, west but things like yeah at least in the west but also things like um like the loading bar cafes you see in places mm. and things like game yep. shops and car game shop stuff this is also coming off the back of us discussing things like Yu-Gi-Oh, for example when i used to play in car game shops and role playing when we we're talking about martin with it recently which hasn't come out yet but similar sort of thing because we think there's a little bit of an interesting thread there and i wanted to start off by asking you your opinions on the arcade Hmm. that you recently visited yeah so the one i visited which is near me you paid for like i think a two-hour session which was 13 pounds 50 each which sounds kind of expensive but isn't compared to the amount of money that you would put into the machines although then when you realize how much i spend for it and then you realize the north south divide is real Yes, because you paid that <laughs> for like all day or for, something. Like I had access to like the arcade for like 14 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, definitely difference in pricing. But yeah, the one I went to, they had all original machines. None of them were like emulator, emulated machines. They were mm. originals, which meant that some of them were broken. Uh, and obviously yeah. the cost of like maintaining those is probably quite high. Um, and, and also, like, they're, they're bigger as well, right? Like, the original ones yeah. are going to be bigger Monsters. than emulated machines. So they take up more space, which means you can have less machines and you're going to need a larger area to store them in. Yeah, and, like, the heat and everything. So yeah, yeah. it's definitely an expensive enterprise. It was attached to, like, like sci-fi and sort of museum place, um, which isn't very big. And then this was sort of, like, part of it. And I enjoyed it, but the the key takeaways that I had from it was that I don't see how it will be sustainable once Mm. lots of people have been to it. Yeah. Because I've now been, I have no incentive necessarily to like go again, like the next week or even the next month or even the next two or three months. Because with, you know, you can basically try every game that's there while you're in there. Uh, You know, they've, they've let a limited number of people in. I think the only time that I would probably go again is if I was taking a friend, right, who hadn't been before. And you'd be like, let's go to the arcade that we've got because it's fresh for you sort of thing. And once you've experienced it once now, they could rotate the machines, right? So they could have other games that they bring out to like sort of give a fret, you know, and then advertise that and maybe like advertise yeah. to me on Instagram or whatever to be like all new machines, like come and check out. Like the, the, but we've then got, that like, goes against the problem of added cost, right? Yeah. Now you've got to like store a bunch of machines. Or you've buy new ones even, and service yeah, them. and or keep, Yeah. Keep even more machines running. Like I see it as like, it probably is making money, right? Like in the sense that like, it's probably a profit making scheme and then one day it won't be and yeah. it'll be shut down. Right. And, and that's, sad but also kind of like well i'm not going to go there loads of times so i can't be that like i can be sad about it but if i don't use it then how sad can i really yeah for sure for sure like i had a very similar experience i mean 
I think the one I went to, uh, which is up north near Manchester, was significantly bigger. Like it was three floors yeah. rather than I think you to your one. It was um, like one room, yeah. Yeah, one whereas this room. one was like a kind of like, it's an old mill effectively that's been turned right. into like a big like yeah. hangout spot with like a lot of machines. Lots of variations as well. One thing I quite liked about this one in particular was the fact that they had like kind of a lot of like traditional arcadey stuff downstairs. They had like skee-ball mm. and basketball games. They had like some mm. like ridiculous size like shooters, like things like the old like Terminator ones and like the Mission Impossible ones, stuff like that. They're, they're really big ones, right? Yeah. And then on the second floor, they had like a load of Japanese import stuff. They had like an absolute load of like rhythm games that come, like they were all in Japanese the whole time, which was like mm-hmm. difficult. I had my phone out <laughs> with uh, Google Translate's like live screen capture thing. Mm. Uh, and then on the top floor, there's like a load of like retro stuff, like really old machines from like the 70s and 80s sort of thing. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was like 16 pounds for the full day, which is, which is, that's good value. Very good value. And I'm not sure if they've got the right idea or not, because when I went and you said that they only had a limited amount of people, right, who could go yes. in, didn't feel like that was the case with us. It was packed. Mm. Like you could barely move at times. It was so busy. And yeah. you know what the predominant age was it's mostly it was kids, kids right it was all yeah. kids it was like you know there were kids running around that were like five or six years old you know and there was like absolute loads of like young teenagers like 12 13 mm. year olds and like mums and dads everywhere because i guess 16 pounds for effectively as long as you like is pretty good value for entertaining the kids for a day right yeah right so maybe Definitely. that's the business model rather mm. than like trying to target basically people like us like the yeah ugh, gamers um, yeah. <laughs> you know, who kind of don't need to be like advertised to in the same way, but at the same time are also very more, much, a lot more discerning about what they play, right? If they just get a kids come and, I mean, honestly, the amount of kids in that place who were on the, like, they had PC set up as well. Like, you could play like PCs and Xbox and stuff like that. Mm. The amount of them that just went in and just sat and played either Fortnite or Roblox was crazy. Mm. Like, it was almost like a weird, like, kids' internet cafe at the same time as being right. an arcade. I guess like, and, intri- and maybe that's the model. Yeah, both. Pla- I guess your place and my place have gone for like different vibes, yeah. right? Because the one, because our one is definitely more like the fact that it's like they advertise like all the machines are original. Like it's very like for hobbyists, you know, sort of. Yeah, much more hobbyist. I think it'll be interesting to see if either of them are still around in like mm. a year or two, right? Um, and then the other thing that I've also like also recently I went to Brighton to see a friend and we went to the loading bar that's there Mm. which is sort of quite a different kind of idea but you know where and there are quite a lot of them now like sort of bars or or restaurants sort of restaurants or whatever like like cafe type things cafe type places that also have board games and things like that and in the case of loading bar you don't pay any extra to to go you just have to you know they pay just to have a drink they just have things you can access yeah which I think like that feels like a safer I, yeah, I it would definitely guess does. feels it definitely like a safer does. business because bet. the way the way I was looking at it the other day right when we were talking about your experience in loaded bar is who are now the main demographic for bars like going out drinking right. in bars not pubs not like old man pubs right but like bars trendy places well it's us it's our generation it's our age mm. group right like disposable income and exactly yeah. and right? nostalgia for board games <laughs> Exactly, right? Your, you know, your late 20s, early 30s people are also the people who played Super Nintendo growing up, played N64 growing up. They go to a bar, they want to be their friends, they want to drink some either, you know, alcohol, like beer, uh, beers or gin and tonics or even just like, you know, non-alcoholic stuff. And what's a great way to socialise whilst doing that is, you know, playing a round of Bomberman or something. 
Mm-hmm. I can see that being genuinely popular and like becoming more and more ubiquitous across like the country, honestly. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think that of the two things, like that is what we would, that, that you know, that are both fairly recent things. Like obviously arcades have been around for a long time, but like there's definitely a gap where there weren't any. And Plus, let's face you, it, profit margins on alcohol is a lot better than profit margin on just say come and play some video games. Right. Yeah. And I think the, and like we've said, you know, the maintenance costs of these places and the electricity costs and Mm. that kind of thing is like such a big thing compared to like keeping looking after some board games. I think the biggest problem that those kind of like board game cafes probably have is like people not spending a lot of money while they're there. Right. And a lot of these places in my experience tend to be very busy. Uh, It can be quite difficult to get in and that will like put people off. Um, And it's because, you know, board games take a long time. Well, a little bit tangentially, right. So the card game shop I used to play in Yu-Gi-Oh! in Mm. had this similar sort of problem, right? Where like, you know, people go in and they just, they buy like a drink for a pound, which is like barely any profit at all, no matter whether the profit margins are good or not. They'd sit there all day just playing games over and over and over again and basically be there for free, right? So Mm. that shop specifically very much relied on like the equivalent of like whales like the idea of like one person mm, coming in spending right. hundreds of pounds at a time and then you would have like the majority of people who would come in to basically spend nothing right right. and it may be maybe that's different for shops because they can sell stuff like you would they would sell stock like games and cards and you know figures and stuff like that right so, so that would raise their their profit margins yeah. you know so i guess like basically what we're saying is that like all these places are wonderful to have but there needs to be a way for those places to to make enough money from a small amount of people, maybe? I guess, like, I don't know about uh, lots of other places, but like Loading Bar, for example, didn't have any, like, stock of board games, right? Mm. You can buy the board games mm. you were playing and maybe there's a there's a piece there, like, thinking about that model from the from the place that you were at where, like, yeah, selling stock would help raise the, you know, the profit margins mm. when you've got people coming in, not necessarily spending a huge amount of money. I just think like the the level of courage you're going to need to set up one of these sorts of places is, oh, is huge because it just it could fail so spectacularly, but it could also do reasonably well. I can see both sides of it, <laughs> you mm. know. Well, you know the stat that like the the statistics on setting up new is such a like romantic idea, right? Setting up a bar or a restaurant or whatever, like a new small business, yeah. and the statistics are atrocious. Like it's like most i can't remember exactly what the percentage is but it's something horrifying it's about like 70 probably closed within yeah. like a year yeah like most places don't survive so yeah I, th- I think it's it's interesting when anything like this pops up but it definitely isn't necessarily mm. uh, doesn't necessarily indicate that these things are successful businesses mm. it might just be that they've been set up with enough money to keep them going for a while yeah, for a little while and then they just have to close up shop but yeah i mean i want these things to become more and more popular so that they can stick around because if anything else like if anything at all i want to make sure that these sorts of arcades and stuff like that are kind of preserved like mm. I know there's going to be like museums of them with and places, but like yeah. that's not quite the same as being not able to just go and play them, is it? Yeah, agreed. And I like that there we're seeing more places like Loading Bar, like mm. these things, because it gives you more options for stuff to do, you know. And I think that that's nice to have that kind of variety of like. There's, there's nothing better options. than sitting down and like you know shouting at each other over a game of like Mario Kart, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, let us know if you have like a favorite you know board game place in the uk or otherwise that you th- or arcade place that's been around for years that's bucking the trend and is profitable and thriving i'd, um, I'd love to know how 
they make money. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Is it that you are propped up by other, you know, by something else keeping you going? Mm. And it's a, you know, it's very much a passion project for, yeah, yeah, for yeah. maybe even an individual, right? Who, you know, I don't even know, like some of these places may be, you know, something that just someone wants to keep running no matter what, um, rather than actually a profit making business. And maybe we'll, uh, we'll come back and revisit this and, and all of these places will be closed down or maybe, there will be one on every corner and you won't be able to move for. for yeah, maybe uh, that's a franchise option for Octal FM, right? Yeah, maybe Octal FM Arcades. Um, but until then, until Octal FM Arcade, I've been Gelada. And I've been Severin. And catch us again for another Octal FM soundbite very soon.